How are you? I'm doing well. Um, yeah, just uh, getting my day going. Uh, been just. I work mostly from home. I mean, you know, when when I'm not touring and that kind of thing. So yeah, I've just been home a lot lately, and I got a lot of time this year um, to prepare for the tour I'm doing, uh, starting in the U.S. at least. Um, right. For the record I'm putting out. So yeah, I'm just uh, doing that mostly these days. <laughs> Have you always been somebody who works from home or is that kind of a, a leftover from, from the whole pandemic era? Uh, it, I, I usually, yeah, usually work. I mean, you know, work is a, is a very loose term, I guess. <laughs> um, in terms of the different things that I do and classifying that, um, and where they can be done. I mean, because I do a lot of recording and, um, and writing and collaborating too with the other members of animal collective, you know, it's often sure. I'm doing stuff, you know, somewhere else or like in a different studio, but yeah, my usual day to day kind of thing is, is working from home in my own, in my own studio. Okay. You mentioned something interesting, which is classifying what it is that you do. And now there's a song on the album, uh, Seven's the musical, which kind of explores This this idea right. of what you do. So I wrote down a, a couple of lyrics for that song, but one is the, simply how did it get started? Was there kind of like an epiphany moment for you when you started going from a, a consumer of music to perhaps a curator or, or a creator of sound and music? Um, I, I often wonder that myself, actually. I feel like there there have been different points or there were different points during my childhood Um I think where, you know, I, I sort of had, you know, little epiphanies here and there in terms of, you know, because I, I think there are different aspects of what I do. I think, sure. you know, there's an entertainment side of it that's enjoyable. There's a songwriting side that's enjoyable. There's a recording production side that's very enjoyable. And I think kind of <clears throat> all these things I kind of latched on to all these things at different time periods. You know, it definitely wasn't like one moment where I was kind of like, oh, that's now I know, you know, and maybe I still don't even know, or maybe <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. But I definitely, I think now, I mean, I, I didn't think about it this way back then, but now I'm, I'm realizing that I definitely had a lot of moments young that I, I, that I liked interacting, especially with music in a sort of entertainment kind of way, you know what I mean? And creative kind of way. And um, even if it was pretending I was playing guitar or, okay. you know, pretending I was singing along with a song or something like that. Um, to me, that was, yeah, that was my interest starting in, in somehow, you know, latching onto this kind of, this kind of work, I guess. Did it have a, Uh, how would you call it a communal effect in a way because one of the lines also is is your audience the trees or do you crave to be professional so did you always have this idea of kind of sharing this 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 thing that you did not really no okay. um it yeah uh, when i was you know when i was very young it was really just like a personal pastime it was kind of like you know just playing like instead of playing with toys like my brother my older brother was a um like a uh a pop top 40 radio dj okay. when i was growing up um and so you know his interest in music and him doing that definitely got me into music a lot but yeah early on it was just you know to to 
it was to me, I just saw that as in my relationship with him and my relationship with my family, you know, uh, we all kind of like music and, 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 and being communal in that way. And my dad used to play piano all the okay. time and play piano for us. And so for me, it, like early on, it was kind of just a family thing. And then it kind of transitioned into meeting, sure. pe- meeting people and sort of connecting uh, with friends via music um, in junior high and high school. And that's really, and, and, and starting to meet other people like Josh and Noah and Brian in particular, who, uh, and a couple other friends that mm-hmm. were interested in making music and writing music. And uh, I think that's sort of when it, you know, really transitioned into, oh, I could do this thing and actually share it with people, you know, even if it's, it wasn't, even if it started as a small group of friends, you know, it just seemed to make sense to, to, to start sharing it around then, I guess, because of a, a common interest. Right, and I, I do find this this way that you operate and how Animal Collective has operated very interesting because you don't see a lot of groups of musicians operate that way, at least not in in kind of the modern pop world. So, so how did that come about? Was it very organically that you kind of yeah we're in a band but we're also going to do our own stuff and and there's this kind of complete freedom in in what you do? Definitely, I think it's just because we kind of started this way. You know, we were kind of Animal Collective from the beginning even though we didn't realize that but Mm. you know we were just sort of a a group of friends in in high school that kind of you know traded you know traded off uh roles in uh in bands and there was never one band for us that was like okay we all kind of play in this band and that's our band so I think that's kind of why we grew, you know, it was always like Noah's making all this stuff and I'm making all this stuff and Josh is making all this stuff. Brian's making all this stuff. Sometimes we get together and Brian and I did a lot of stuff together in high school, you know, just to kind of pass the time and sort of created all these different musical identities for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And because we did that, that that just be, just really from the beginning became an important part of our creative process. So that was something that we wanted to hold on to. You know, we never really had an interest in just focusing on one thing, you know, and, and I think cause we realized early on we would get burnt, burnt out on that, mm. you know? Right. Um, and then just the sort of the, the, um, the necessity to do that. And because of how a distance and how, where our lives took us individually, you know, it was just sure. sort of, you know, never, it was never this, when are we going to all get together and start the band? It was kind of like, I'm working on these songs, you know, uh, maybe you could play drums on them or, you know, maybe we could get together as a three piece and do this. And yeah. So I think it was a pretty natural transition and didn't really, didn't really take a lot of thought, you know, it just seemed to suit us best. But I can also imagine that a lot of uh, projects and, and musical or creative undertakings then feed into each other or, or at least are reactions upon each other because I've, I've spoken to uh, Noah around uh, Time Skiffs and then obviously you were involved in that as well. So so has that in, in some way affected then Sevens in, in what you do? Is, is it kind of then, okay, we've done this kind of thing, now I want to explore this this area of oh, music? Definitely. There's a, there's always a moment um, with each album cycle where we just sort of get worn down and, mm. and tired of the setup and not challenged anymore. And, and the sets become, um, you know, not, not painfully, but the sets become a little bit more of a r- routine for us. Mm. You know, you start doing something 
the muscle memory starts happening, you know what I mean? When you start doing something over and over and over again and, and being on tour can be like that. Uh, unfortunately for a band like us who likes to try and keep it fresh and, uh, you know, have a little bit more improvisation. There, there always reaches a point with each album cycle where we're kind of like, all right, I think we've, you know, we've maxed out the kind of maybe creative energy that's going into this era. And that's usually when, you know, Noah or, you know, it's been typically mostly Noah will be like, I well, I have, you know, been wanting to work on all these solo songs or something okay. like that. Um, so I'm going to do that now, you know what I mean? And I think it started that way, you know, maybe kind of like, around 2006 2007 with uh him doing person pitch and then it mm-hmm. just became sort of this like oh this this makes sense you know what i mean there's this there's this lull now we've kind of worked on an animal collective thing for a while and now we have all this space and and get away and i think yeah um i think what we do definitely inspires other stuff you know what we do as animal collective definitely inspires um other stuff that we do individually but everything kind of does it all kind right. of plays a the part in it you know what i mean and it just it just is a matter of whether the inspiration is there or not you know what i mean sometimes those breaks come and i'm just kind of like i don't want to do anything musical (laughs) right now i'd rather you know because i like to do visual art too and um you know write just write for writing's sake not to do with music and uh and i think that stuff so sometimes i'll just want to do that and it's important for me to have that kind of outlet. And I think that influences my music as well. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense because in my research, I read an interview. Now I don't remember uh, who pl- uh, published it, it. So I'm sorry about that. But um, there, there was this uh, quote, I think that you prefer the process over the product that, that, that this, uh, or an, at least that idea of the process. That's what interests you as a creative person. And the product is what it is. And then you try to move on, I suppose. So, uh, what what has the process been like then for sevens because we were in a weird uh, state of the world and you mentioned now yeah. this uh, kind of sometimes you're not up uh, you, you don't have the energy or you don't have the uh, yeah just the inspiration to to work on music so so how did sevens come to be how did it start in a sense that process <clears throat> well definitely came to be just out of the desire to have the process, you know, and okay. craving the process. I think um, the the um, COVID and the pandemic, um, the whole quarantine situation sort of cut me off from, um, from like the main line of, right. of creativity and collaboration that I, that I had going on at that time, which was primarily with, um, Josh and Noah and Brian, you know, we were kind of right in the middle of working on time skiffs and new stuff. And that obviously was um, shut out. And, you know, more than that was my ability to just get together with anybody, you know what I mean, to make music you know, without a lot of careful planning, of course. Um, and so after a while of, of you know, working on my studio, working in my studio alone on time skiffs and just other random things here and there, I just you know, started getting really depressed and, and right. really needed, you know, a collaboration. It's always been an important part um, for me in, in, in music process and the musical process. And that I definitely learn a lot about it from other people and from working with other people. And I, you know, there's just a def, there's just a different, um, a different vibe, obviously, when you're working with somebody else and it's a sure. different situation and 
there's different kinds of inspiration, you know, and different motivation. Um, and I was just craving that really. And so, um, also sort of in, in, in the spare time of, of, um, quarantining, I, I just started writing songs, you know, that I slowly not, you know, I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of always, you know, writing songs or trying to take the time to write songs unless, unless, unless we have, or I have a number of them around, then I feel like I need to rec- be recording songs. But yeah, at this time I was recording time skips with animal, animal collective or finishing that up and, and just writing these other songs. And, um, my friend Adam McDaniel has the studio, um, in Asheville, North Carolina, and it's called drop of sun. And, uh, I've done a number of things with him over the years. Um, and never, uh, he, well, he mixed, um, cows on hourglass pond, mm-hmm. my last, uh, solo record. And we've, um, I got to know him just through animal collective kind of using his, uh, space, his jam space, um, here and there just to get to Asheville um, and, uh, and, 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 and to someplace different. And so, yeah, I mean, we're close friends and it just seemed like to make the most sense to be like, Hey, let's get together and uh, let's just make something, you know, let's be creative. Like we were both craving wanting to get into the studio and just, that's what we do, you know, and, uh, sure. and work with another person and collaborate. And so, Yeah. I mean, and, and that being Adam as a producer and, and, you know, me also being partly producer and uh, just wanting to write songs and create something. So, yeah, that that was the foundation of it. And then it just happened that the songs kind of came naturally from there. I was able to write mm-hmm. seven songs that I think it was primarily six at first. And then there's always like, oh, I need this one more <laughs> kind of song. So I think there was one more fit in there. And then which was Invisible Darlings, I believe, okay. was the last one to to really go in there. Well, I, I want to get to that song, but first, uh, there's two things about what you just said. Uh, you mentioned kind of the importance of collaboration. So is that one thing that you've kind of learned from Adam in this process or of, of uh, working with him for, for sevens? And then also, is, um, and this might be a little bit tricky because it's most likely different for each song, but do you have a, what is your process of writing songs? Do you just explore sounds and explore textures or how do you go about kind of writing a song? Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I definitely... I think the for the, for the first part of the question, I think a whole important part of the process and why I enjoy the process for myself is is learning about myself and mm-hmm. and you know I think you know co- overcoming struggles or overcoming other kind of things I'm trying to work inside myself. But when I'm working with somebody else, it's also yeah learning from them and and you know it's it's interesting to to see how somebody else works and see how somebody else spends their time and and sort of bounce that off the way I do those things and you know take a note and be like oh maybe this 
maybe this way of working is, is, is there's something to that where I've been working like this, you know? And since I've never really was formally trained um, in production or studio engineering, it's always really awesome to be able to work so closely with mm -hmm. friends that are, that are, you know, great engineers or, you know, into production because I can learn, you know, always, always learn new things about that because that's not, that's not really what I spend my, my downtime or general time doing, you know, I'm more into the, uh, making sounds or making the, making the melodies and songs. Sure. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, it just am constantly, learning new things about gear and compressors and, you know, mixing tricks and uh, that sort of thing. I spent a lot of, lot, a lot, a lot of time in my life uh, being primarily an analog person, you okay. know, and just tape machines and stuff like that. And um, Adam is very digital. And so there's a lot to learn from me in terms of the computer and recording with the computer too. Um, in terms of my songwriting style, it's always different, you know, um, Sometimes uh, an instrument or a piece of gear will really spark a lot of um, inspiration. And I kind of like that because that usually takes me in a new direction, you know, mm -hmm. then and and, it, you know, lets lets me feel a little less stagnant in the in the writing process, right of creative process. It opens up portals and doorways to new kinds of songs. And I'm always searching for that. So so, for example, like for Time Skiffs, Animal Collective, I started playing the bass a lot more. And started letting that guide me in terms of melodic parts and and mm. stuff I'd be writing for the songs. Um, there wasn't anything really like that for sevens. I kind of actually wrote a lot on um, acoustic guitar okay. and um, piano as well. Those are kind of like you know the staples around my studio and easy go tos. But I mean, a lot of times a melody just comes to me in my head. You know what I mean? I think. I'm a firm believer that there's a lot of music and sound and melodies that's just floating around us in the universe. I'm not the first person to say it. Other other people have said it, you know, maybe more eloquently too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of sometimes just see myself as this gatherer of of inspiration and okay. melodies. And, you know, it's maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's a curse. Sometimes I think <laughs> it's a curse because sometimes I can't get melodies out of my head. Mm. Um until they're recorded until I've played them enough that they just don't want to be in my head anymore. You know what I mean? And, you know, that can be annoying sometimes and distracting. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, that's, that's another way that it just happens. I'll just get a melody in my head maybe while I'm doing dishes or, <laughs> or when I wake up or, you know what I mean? And, uh, and then I just have to immediately make a voice memo of it often on my phone. I'll just sing the melody, I have hundreds of little voice memos that are either okay. parts or or full songs, sometimes a full verse, um, mostly not li with lyrics, um, mostly just melodies and, um, you know, maybe lyrics that kind of just fit the melody for the moment that are like placeholders, but never anything that I usually keep. But often they're just me humming. It often happens when I'm driving a lot. Okay. Um, I do a lot of driving and, and my sister and family live about five hours away from me. So, um, you know, I drive to see them, but I, I'm, I'm accustomed to driving around with my girlfriend a lot. We take a lot of road trips and yeah, I'll often get a lot of melodies in my head and these experiences too. One quick, uh, 
question about what something you said and and if if i'm probing too much just let me know but you mentioned part of it of the songwriting process is kind of uh learning about yourself and you mentioned now the, the kind of uh somewhat depressive times du uh, during covid when when contact with people wasn't possible what did you discover <laughs> about yourself and and yourself as a musician but also uh, who david is outside of being avitari and and, and this musician of uh yeah this 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 uh touring musician uh, how did you kind of did you discover anything about yourself well i think a, a lot of that time definitely took me back to the roots of of getting of getting into music the stuff we've been talking about and and um yeah are you there and uh yeah. sorry oh sorry the phone went down for me. and <laughs> playing with animal collect um and and just yeah the type of the the type of creator and the type of musician i want to be I mean, I think that, um, you know, the, the, the pandemic pushed a lot of us to, to start doing so much on our own, you know what I mean? Without, sure. you know, without having the resources and the people around. So, you know, and in a sense, I, I came into music that way too, doing, doing so much like on my own and our own, you know, we had our own label and recording and, and it, it was nice in that sense to, to feel like, oh, this is, yeah, this is the core of like, this is like totally separated me from, you know, thinking about releasing music right now and getting into studios and stuff. This is just taking me back to the core of, of creation and the kind of mm -hmm. stuff I want to create what I'm trying to do. And, and yeah, that was, that was a good journey for me during, during those times of really being quarantined a lot. Um, but I think for me, who can be a very, um, I'm, I'm naturally a very reclusive person, okay. I think, and and can go say maybe like three days, you know, where I'm just working straight, not doing anything, not seeing many people. It also taught me for myself just, or showed me that how crucial like being around people mm -hmm. and, and having that community of musicians around um, and, 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 um, you know, having been kind of recently, uh, uh, moved to this area, you know, uh, for me, um, I, it, it hasn't, it hadn't really been something I experienced here so mm, much like a, sure. like a group to be, to be around. And so now like post, post, uh, quarantine, at least, um, I'm trying to do that a lot more, like trying to you know, connect with a lot more musicians around town and, 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 and just, you know, sort of work on my strengths that way in terms of a lot more collaboration, because I think that there was, um, you know, a time in my life where that was maybe not as abundant as it kind of was before and, you know, maybe can be in the future. Right. Did you, the very, very last thing about this, because, uh, well, did you miss playing live? Because we talked about how you enjoy the process a lot. Did you miss playing live at all? Or is that something that is kind of like a necessary evil? Definitely. I had been uh, on tour and played shows every year um, since 2000, I think, or 2001 um, was our first tour. And I had toured every year up okay. until 2020. <laughs> so, yeah, I missed it a lot. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Then it's it's been such a big part of your life then for so long. Um, was the album then initially uh, meant to be called Sixes, and and what did 
the uh, the first song of the album kind of feel? What kind of void did it fill once you thought, well, it needs something else? Um, <clears throat> you mean like it needs other songs? Like yeah, because you, you mentioned or... you first had the six songs, and then uh, uh, I, I think I, you said I, "Invisible I, Darlings" came in. Um, it, it was sort of like once I ha had the seven songs, and it, that felt right. Okay, that's sort of when title sevens really made sense to me i didn't really have a title or you know often when i'm making my solo records um a perfect example is down there which is the first solo solo record really technically that i did um that was just a matter of the idea and the concept and like how i knew it i wanted it to sound and all the sounds just started coming to my mind and and it, it all came together like kind of right away whereas with sevens it was more like we've been saying a part of the process that was interesting mm. um and it was very uh self-examining process um and so yeah it was just a lot of a lot of thought during the process about what makes sense and um i think yeah it wasn't until i had the seven songs where i really felt like that was a title that made made sense and and i and i think there's something to be said about the number seven in that way, you know, that that's like kind of this magic number. Lucky number seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just clicked that way. And then, you know, I just started thinking about all the combinations of things and, um, I, I thought it was going to be released last year, but just mm. with the nature of the music industry and everything like that, there was, there've been a lot of delays and that kind of thing. But I mean, I'm still 43, um, I'll be 43 when it's released um, and four and three together, seven. And there just started to be all of these things that like started to make sense around it being called sevens. Um, and yeah, so it just, it just felt very, yeah. Again, another thing that just felt very natural. Finally then, because you mentioned the way the industry works and now you hear this a lot from, from musicians where they write an album and then they have to put it on a shelf for, for six to nine months or at least before it comes yeah. out and, and that whole process of talking about it like this. Um, have your ideas or your thoughts of, of these songs, have they already started to shift in any sense? Because uh, they've, they've finished for a while. Yeah, I mean, and I think there's most of the time it's the case that, you know, there's there's so much that I learn about my songs, like way, well after, mm -hmm. well after, you know, that they've been created or the creative process. And I think a lot of it has to do with this process of, of then having to, talk, you know, many months after they've been finished, you know, ha you know, having to talk about them, you know, and and, you know, sometimes thinking a lot about that as, as the process is happening and, and, you know, what they, what they meant, what they were, and sometimes not really, really thinking a lot about it at all. Um, I right. think with this record in particular, it's been nice to just kind of um, answer and just kind of discover within the moment of, of doing it. You know what I mean? Um, because it has been this sort of like moment to moment kind of process. Like I don't really know, what's happening next. You know what I mean? Like starting with, I don't really know what we're going to go do in the studio tomorrow. Okay. Uh, I'll figure that out, you know, in the morning or, um, we're not really sure when the record is going to be released or, you know, so yeah, all this kind of stuff, you know, but then I think this is part of, uh, your approach to music, uh, 
or has been for for quite a while. But I think Haybog is a good good example of that, where it's it's really unexpected. You don't know where it's going at any moment. So that that makes it very interesting to listen to. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely us again back to the roots. You know what 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 definitely one of the things that definitely interested me and inspired me about music and music listening was the sort of unknown aspect a song could have when i when i started getting into songs um you know bands like maybe like the incredible string band uh you know a little bit more psychedelic folk or whatever but you know mm. they would write these songs that kind of just go all over the place it wasn't like i was in high school when i was checking this stuff out and it wasn't like anything I had ever heard before about songwriting. It wasn't like the chorus, verse, chorus, verse, you know, throwing the bridge kind of thing, which I'm not opposed to either. It just, I just started being very attracted to, um, you know, combining, you know, writing music with traveling because I like traveling and with environments. And uh, yeah, and that's where, and, and, and it was nice to just be able to like hold firmly onto that, that feeling and that belief with something like Hey Bog, you know, and I started playing that song um, live, actually. It's the only one that ha that that, okay. that had been written um, in 2019 when I was doing some other solo sets. So I wanted to keep that in mind, like how, how I would approach a song like Hey Bog, um, even though I might have never had like that kind of an intro that it does um, on the record, just sort of like, you know, how can I, how can I elongate what is Haybog to become this sort of like, you know, um, all encompassing traveling environmental piece, you know? Last question. And, and, and I'm assuming because you're going on a North American tour in April and May. Um, so, so is that process continuing now where the song is, keeps expanding for the live shows or do you have a very solid piece now and you kind of stick to that? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a little bit of both, hopefully, okay. you know, I think it, it, songs always remain kind of open-ended to me, mm. you know what I mean? And so much about, um, playing on tour is reaction and reacting to environments and stages and sound right. and audience. So in that sense, you know, songs can change a lot depending on my mood and, and what a room feels like and what I'm hearing. But I think, you know, just in terms of the interest and excitement I, I have in, in playing, I like to just inject a little bit of novelty um, and organic um, exploration into into every song, you know, when I'm playing it live. So hopefully, you know, there will be a basic structure that, that is um, similar to what you hear on the record um, when I play it live, but there will be some definitely be some exploration as well. Yeah, I think it's really cool, and then that this uh, came through in in interviews I read in, in my research of you, and, and and even now talking to you, your excitement for music is still very much uh, on point. So, uh, yeah, congratulations, I, I guess, because that's probably over over how long you've been making music. That must be a struggle at times. So it's very nice that you still have that. Yeah, I mean, and it's just a matter of balance, you know, and just finding the good balance in life with everything. That's like my mantra these days is just kind of find find the balance you know i think it's so important not just for music you know for everything in life but it definitely it's helped me with animal collective um it's helped me with my own uh, musical creations and yeah it's not always easy and it's not it's not always perfect or the you know the most um 
I don't know. It's not always the best situation, but uh, yeah, you just get through it and, and try to find the balance and uh, yeah, the excitement, the, the excitement remains, you know, it's not always there, you know, <laughs> but then you, then, then you just step away and you take a little break. You're from it, you know so I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, David, thank you so much for uh, talking to me. Um, I wish you all the best with, with the album, with the tour that's coming up. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to listen to you once you play live because it can uh, go in any direction, I suppose. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a nice blend of things for this tour coming up. Oh, excellent. And, uh, and this is kind of a, a side question, but uh, because this process uh, this this cycle hasn't finished yet but but are since you said you're always writing are you already thinking about what comes next or are you already in talks with Noah or, or any of the other guys to to see what what comes next well we have a collective record that we finished um so that's okay. going to be the next thing after this um um i'm also been working on a reissue of the record spirit they're gone spirit they vanished okay. and um hopefully um, that will be coming out this year as well. So yeah, there's as usual. There's just Lots always to look a lot forward of stuff. To. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, David, uh, thanks again, and I hope you have a great day. You too. Thank you.